0: You're listening to the HFO Multifamily Market Watch Podcast. Apartment owners who need to know, trust HFO, the leading source for multifamily information in Oregon and Washington. Welcome back to HFO's Multifamily Market Watch Podcast. It's Monday, April 4th. I'm Mike Pierce, HFO Research Analyst. The big stories from this past week what rising interest rates mean for apartment cap rates, the case for urban density, and LED multifamily properties are getting higher rents. HFO's podcasts are sponsored by Gantry Incorporated, the country's largest independent mortgage banking firm focused exclusively on commercial real estate. HFO is your leading multifamily real estate firm in Oregon and Washington. Now, on to our news briefing. In a research letter, the National Multifamily Housing Council concludes that the effect of rising interest rates in the coming year will depend on part on just how much the Federal Reserve decides to raise short-term interest rates, as well as how long-term rates respond. Interest rate hikes that are too aggressive could put a damper on economic growth prospects, which would have an adverse impact on property values and upward effect on cap rates. Cap rates could also potentially face downward pressure in markets with diminished rent growth projections, as we have seen in San Francisco and New York markets over the past five years. Still, apartment cap rates are fundamentally a real estate rate of return that should only be affected by changes to the real interest rate. Apartments, given the short-term nature of their leases, are uniquely positioned to simply reprice their rents during inflationary period in order to offset higher normal interest rates. Even though the 10-year treasury bond has already inched upwards, the apartment market continues to benefit from historically high occupancy rates and rent growth, causing cap rates to further decrease. Furthermore, with apartment transaction volume at record levels, investors may simply be willing to accept a lower premium for holding apartment properties. This multitude of factors helps explain the weak historical relationship between nominal interest rates and apartment cap rates the case for urban density conversation about land use and buildings in cities often turns to questions about aesthetics and personal preferences you'll find impassioned advocates of various kinds of architecture and lifestyle opponents of density insist that the merits of big yards or claim that multifamily buildings are eyesores or get in the minutiae about how certain types of buildings spur gentrification some folks on the pro-density side are equally aesthetically minded They paint a picture of biking in dedicated lines past cute rows of houses along narrow, lively streets filled with people and not cars. The biggest virtues of denser cities flow from ironclad principles of geometry and arithmetic, along with some basic economic concepts. It's simply math. Affordability is the number of homes. You can house at most the number of people you build homes for. The more homes you build, the more people can afford to live in your city. People in expensive markets who like to block new houses give you a lot of pushback on this point. They like to distinguish between luxury and affordable units, and they worry about the market might be too supplied with luxury units and not enough affordable ones. But this is a red herring. Markets have a lot of flexibility along with quality dimensions. Residents, whether they're owning or renting, can occupy housing that may not have been intended for their income bracket. What is much more inflexible is rigid, strict permitting. If your city only permits, say, 200 new homes with 600 new bedrooms, it would be impossible for your city to satisfy 2,000 new residents. In the end, cities that build get people. Compare, for example, San Jose and Houston. The San Jose metropolitan area gained just under 500,000 people since 1990. Houston gained $3.8 and if you look at their building permits, it's extremely clear why. Each city added about two and a half people for every new unit that's permitted over the period. If you build it, they will come. LED-certified multifamily properties are consistently nabbing higher rents than their non-certified counterparts, particularly in the wake of COVID-19 pandemic. A Cushman-Wakefield analysis of two decades of COSTAR data on Class A multifamily assets with 50 or more units or more note that between the first quarter of 2000 and the fourth quarter of 2021, LED rents premiumed average 3.1%. Average rents for LED assets picked up 4.5% in the fourth quarter of 2011 before moderating and then temporarily dropping to a negative 2.1 in the beginning of the pandemic. But the LED premium quickly rebounded to typical levels of around 3% by the fourth quarter of 2021, suggesting resilience in pricing as we continue through the recovery period. While those rent premiums appear to come at a slight vacancy cost, as LED assets have lower occupancy levels than non-LED buildings, Cushman-Wakefield experts also noted that the LED rental premiums have been more powerful than the occupancy deficit, noting that LED-certified assets were more impacted by the pandemic versus non-certified assets. The report found by the fourth quarter of 2021 LED-certified occupancy had strongly rebounded. In addition, LED-certified multifamily assets also fared better with an investment sales perspective. In the near decade spanning 2012 to 2021, LED-certified assets averaged 9.4% sales premium, and maintained a 9.4 sales premium average, albeit with less oscillation. Overall, LED assets across the core property sectors are outperforming their non-LED counterparts, commanding a 21.4% higher average market sales price per square foot over non-LED counterparts over the past three years. And LED certified assets have also historically outperformed during recession recovery periods. Expect sustainability premiums to go for multifamily assets, driven both by access to preferential financing and increasing incorporation and sustainability frameworks within the institutional investment portfolio. And ultimately, as sustainability features become more important differentiator to residents, expect sustainability premiums to grow for multifamily assets. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week with a new edition of Multifamily Market Watch. Be sure to check out our most recent HFO TV interviews. We will have a new interview with Eric Fruits of Cascade Policy Research, discussing solutions to Portland's complex homelessness problem. HFO TV interviews are available on our website or our YouTube channel. You can always stay up to date on multifamily news throughout the week by visiting or subscribing to the Northwest Apartment Investor blog available on our website. Thanks for listening and talk to you next week. Stay in the know with HFO. Listen to podcasts, read the latest news, or watch exclusive HFO TV interviews. Connect to our blog, podcasts, or video interviews directly from our website at hfore.com.